You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, we study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church, and while you're there, download our free mobile app. There's a digital Bible that you can use. There's all of our teachings on there, an online community that you can interact with every single day. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. It means a lot because it helps us to get in front of more people. And the goal, of course, is to get more of us studying the Word of God because because Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and with faith all things are possible. Amen? Amen. So we are going to actually close out Matthew chapter 22 today, a uh, chapter that shows Jesus in his earthly ministry getting challenged, challenged by questions, dishonest questions, uh, challenged by a group of people or several groups of people that typically don't like each other. We've got the Pharisees, we've got the Sadducees, we've got the Herodians, and it's amazing. They're at each other's throats for every other reason, but they get together to try to trip up Jesus. But of course, they are unsuccessful, and they are asking him questions that will try to incriminate him, asking him questions that will try to embarrass him. And what he does each and every time is he puts it right back on them and either exposes them and their hypocrisy or exposes truly uh, their lack of understanding. Remember, these were the men that were leading the uh, temple worship. These were the men that were leading society, you know, and to especially now, this is the last week of Jesus's ministry. And he, you have the Passover crowds surrounding all this, of course. So if you can just en- envision, this was the time of year where there were more people in Jerusalem than any other time, and they are confronting Jesus in the open forum, in the in the courts, so to speak, on the street corners, and Jesus is uh, really shutting them down, and not in a way that we see on social media, not through name-calling, not through, you know, arguing, but through truth, through sharing truth, quite frankly, in love, because maybe you or I would have a little bit different approach if we had this many people coming at us every single day. So let's go to, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 41. Okay, so we just got out of a situation where, um, again, the Pharisees and the Herodians try to trip him up on whether or not he should pay taxes, right? The Sadducees try to trip him up on the concept of marriage and the concept of the resurrection. uh, And just yesterday, what do they ask him, right? What's the greatest commandment? And they had hundreds and hundreds of rules. Jesus whittles everything down to two. Love God love people. Can it be that simple? Yes, it is that simple. What is the meaning of life? To know him and make him known, right? Sounds simple. I didn't say it was easy. It is simple. God's not trying to make it difficult. 
The world has enough trials and tribulations of its own, let alone having uh, to have us worry about a God that is, again, hear my heart when I say this, when I say a God whose relationship with us is not overly complex. God himself, obviously, we know his ways are not our ways. And we're going to get to that in a second. Thank God that that is the case, that his ways are not our ways. Because I don't know about you, I shouldn't be in charge of the entire world. I'm, hum- you know, I, I know that. <laughs> I make mistakes every day. I praise God for the grace that he gives me to be the, the, the priest and head of my household. So let's get into this because Jesus now is asking them a question. And ultimately, right, this chapter is all about Jesus asking and answering what would be deemed as tough questions. All right, so we're in Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 21. It says, Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Or some translations, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. All right, one of the most notable titles for the Savior that Israel was expecting, is Messiah. And the word Messiah means anointed one. And we've studied this quite a bit, especially in the book of Matthew. But they were expecting that the Messiah would be a king like David, would be an earthly king. And the main reason that they desperately wanted a strong earthly king was so that they could be free from the political oppression that they were in under Rome, right? Israel was in a place where they self-governed, but they really didn't, okay? Rome controlled everything, and Rome was always encroaching on the temple. If you read the history books, Caesar wanted his images and likeness close to the temple, and there was constant, constant... um, friction between the Jewish people and the Roman people. Well, the Jewish people were heavily outnumbered. We all know how powerful Rome was. And this is really leading up to where they are in their society. And quite frankly, what we're going to study going through, especially Matthew 24, what leads up at the end of that century so that uh, in that the temple is destroyed by Rome. Okay, we'll get to that. But now I want to bring us back here to this particular conversation. Jesus asks, "Who? It, what do you think about the Christ and whose son is he? They say the son of David. Jesus answers brilliantly and he says, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put thine enemies beneath thy feet. Verse 45. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? So Jesus responds to their question. They say the son of David. And Jesus basically says, well, is that all? Because if that's all, if the coming Messiah, and of course we know he's, he is the Messiah, is simply a man, simply a a person, 
simply just another king in the line of, of David, then why does David call him Lord? You know, this is not a perfect analogy by any stretch, but I don't call any of my sons dad, right? There's a certain order. So why would David call someone in his great, 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 great grandson Lord? It's because Jesus is more than a man. And that's what he's trying to open their eyes to, is that the Messiah is more than a human being, more than an earthly king. And Jesus, of course, the Pharisees were half right because it, it is true that the prophecies say that the Messiah should, no, I'm sorry, the Messiah would come through the line of David. And as a matter of fact, Jesus came from the line of David through both Mary by blood and Joseph by uh, by lineage in, in that way. Jesus had the best of both worlds, both his mother and his earthly stepfather, which whom he would have, according to Jewish law, would have all the inheritance rights through Joseph because of that adoption. Jesus was in the line of David on both sides, which is not what, which was not a very common thing. We have to understand that Jesus was 100% man, which is why that we can see he was hungry, why we can see he felt pain, why we can see that he wept when he looked upon Jerusalem, when he wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He was able to feel what we felt every bit. As a matter of fact, Scripture tells us that he was tempted in every single way that you and I would be tempted. Imagine that for a second. Imagine the creator of the universe tempted by what you and I are tempted with. But it said that he never fell. And that's really what we're going to get into and how we're going to close out this chapter. We're going to celebrate for a second. We are going to appreciate, we're going to get excited about the fact that the Jesus that we follow is not a mere man, not a mere teacher, not a mere prophet. He's God. And that's what Jesus is really positioning here. Positioning his deity. Because if he was just a man, then we would be limited in our ability to trust him. The Bible makes some very clear distinctions between God and man. I'll read just a few here. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow do to change. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So let's just look at that attribute of God. He doesn't change. He does not change. And everything he is is good and perfect. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. Jesus, sinless, 
Again, we just talked about it, tempted even in everything that we could ever be tempted with, but never to fall. That's who you have your faith in. And why should we be high-fiving over this is because if Jesus was a mere man, that wouldn't be the case. See, I can disappoint you. You can disappoint me. Scripture in Romans 3.23 says that all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That means if you put your faith in humans, and that's a big problem in the church, right? We put more faith in our pastors than we do in Jesus. And ultimately what happens is we get disappointed. Because humans fall. Jesus never fell. Never fell. Let's give another one. 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. If If we are faithless, there are times where we fall in our faith. Where we fall short in our faithfulness. Some we as much as we strive for it, we tend to have limits. I pray that we are expanding those limits every day so that we don't fall. We fall less and less every day. That's the that's the point. But if you say that's not me, I still tr- struggle. God loves you right where you are. Where we can come up faithless in situations, he's never faithless. He's always faithful. So if he were just a mere man, we couldn't have faith in his faith. But his faith never wavers. It says he cannot deny, cannot deny himself. He knows, God knows who he is. You and I are striving to reveal our identity, what? In him. Just a few more here, and then we'll wrap up. 1 John 3, 5, it says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Let's look at the first part of that. He appeared to take away sins. Man cannot take away a sin. I can't take away your sins. I can walk you through it. I can pray with you through it. I can support you through it. I can help guide you in the right direction, but I cannot take away your sin. It's one of the things that showed us that Jesus was absolutely presenting himself as God, is his ability to forgive sins. You and I can't do that. Jesus can, because he's not just a man. He's God in the flesh. And Psalm 92.15 says, To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness, not a single shred of unrighteousness in him. Again, something we can't say about a mere mortal man or woman, which is why all of our faith should be in God more so than humanity. You see it on social media all the time, people saying, this restored my faith in humanity. Well, the problem with faith in Humanity is you're going to have to continuously have that restored because it's always going to, it's always going to fail. It's always going to disappoint, but God never fails. So that's what we celebrate today. We celebrate the fact that Jesus and what he's trying to present here is that he's more than a mere man. He's God. That when we put our faith in him, we put our faith in the perfect, unwavering, power of God, 
that can never fail. And how do, what do we pull from this ourselves? Well, the term Christ or Messiah means anointed one. Christian, Christ, anointed, Tion, little, we are, we are like little Jesuses. And no, we are not Lord. Since we deal a lot in percentages here, you could be 99% of Jesus, which means that through his power and through his wisdom, we have the ability to give good gifts. We have the ability to be someone who has very little variation in us, to be strong and steadfast in who we are, to be the same yesterday, today, and going forward in in a way. But since we can go from glory to glory, since we could always strive, you can be better tomorrow than you are today. You can be better today than you were yesterday. And I don't know about you, that makes me excited. In areas where we are faithless, we can strive to be more faithful. Why? Because we have the perfect example in Christ. I guess what we're getting at here, what we're getting at here as we wrap up is that I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged that if you're not where you believe that you should be, and all of us to some degree can probably feel that way, the example that you have, the one that you put your faith in, has already completed the work. And he's faithful to help you get there and strive there and be better today than you were yesterday and be better tomorrow than you were today. And that's what we strive to do every day here, right? is to get to know him more. To make him more than just a line item in our life. Dare I say, a fire extinguisher where in case of emergency, break glass. You see, these Pharisees wanted an emergency rescue. Jesus was bringing them a kingdom where nothing could ever take them out. The Roman army was nothing compared to the power of God. That's my prayer for you today is that you put your faith in Him and His love and His perfection. He's perfect so you don't have to be perfect, but He's also perfect so that you can strive to be a better you. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for exposing to our hearts the areas that we can strive to change but also letting us know that your grace and your mercy covers us, that we don't have to be perfect because you are perfect, but we can strive to be better. Today we strive to be better in you. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. We're going to continue now going into Matthew chapter 23. This is the 1% Christian Remember, 100 starts with one. You've gotten this out of the way. Now go out and do something amazing for Christ's sake. I love you guys. Have a great day.